Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today on the show, um, I've got one of the guys from uh, the uh, electronic duo Kings. Uh, they've got a new song called We Know Better uh, with, uh, with a New Zealand-based Australia. New Zealand? Which one is it? Um, whatever you feel. Australia, but if you want to go to New Zealand, yeah. you can... You can go to both. Sure, sure. Yeah, she's same. from she's yeah. from that area, but uh, her yeah, they just <laughs> uh, she's on the song. Her name's Tama, uh, and um, their last album uh, came out all the way back in 2015. WWYDF. Uh, so they've got a, a boatload of new music on the way, and I'm excited to hear all about um, his artistry and why they do what they do. So, Chris Siegel, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to see you, man. How are you? I'm doing lovely. Just, uh, yeah, surviving the cold day, but doing well. It's been a pretty lazy day for me. Mm -hmm. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, how about you? How's your day been? Oh, it was okay. Uh, I uh, woke up. I slept in pretty late, and then I like fell asleep watching a movie last night, so I finished it this morning. Um, and then... Just kind of hung around, and I was also pretty lazy uh, for most of the afternoon. I took the bus over to Halloween Express so I could get my uh, costume. Um, Gotta stay fitted. Got yeah, it's essential. For Halloween. Right, it's tomorrow, so um, I was running out of time. But it was thirty bucks for a fucking mask, so uh, I don't know. I I, I hope that uh, it, it's worth it tomorrow. I think it will be. I'm gonna be BoJack Horseman, so. Um, okay. yeah, that's, yeah. A good, that's a good choice. I couldn't find a horse mask at Goodwill, so I had to like go all the way across the city, but it's okay. Yeah, you've made it work. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, man. So what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, creativity, passion, all that good stuff. We first met, uh, and this is funny because <laughs> I used to work at the Sherwood Starbucks and I uh, used to serve Chris's coffee every day. On the daily, yeah. Used to come in several times a day sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Very true, it still applies. <laughs> it was just the Grande Pike place, wasn't it? Oh yeah, you have, yeah, yeah. it was. You, yeah. you know it for sure. I do remember. Um, I kept I, it basic. Yeah, well, so do, so do I though. I didn't really like go crazy on like the syrups or the, or the, you know, Shots of espresso or any of that yeah. stuff. I used to. I would keep it simple too. How's that work? Did you get? Do you just get a free drink when you're there? You can mm -hmm. just have whatever you want, pretty oh, much. Oh yeah, yeah. We did. Yeah, we got unlimited free drinks, one free food item per shift, and a free pound of coffee every week, and free Spotify Premium. It was pretty good benefits there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. It was, yeah, it just got boring after a while, but I didn't know you were one of the guys from Kings at the time, and I'm like... Yeah, we were just initially yeah. coffee pals. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, but you just always came in with this a bright smile, and you were always just so happy to have your coffee. So... Yeah, it made my day, honestly. Good. <laughs> I was like, I need this to get my day going. Well, you got the collectivo. It's on my third coffee today, so... Yeah. The coffee still... I hear that. ...continues. How do you, like, space your coffee out throughout the day? Uh, 
I mean, for me, I work for myself, so I think I have the luxury of sleeping in, but honestly, like, whoever, if it were you or someone else, like, it's one of the first things I do. I try to, like, do a little bit of work, and then usually it's like, I need the coffee, so I get that initial jolt. Mm -hmm. And then, usually I'm like a two-a-day coffee person, so that gets me through, like, the morning and afternoon, but, po like, that evening meal will, like, sometimes get me down, where I'm like... Yeah. Just feel sleepy, so right. that's when you get number two. Yeah. Today I had three. I think just the cold weather mm -hmm. yeah. needed extra boost. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Are you a coffee drinker? Huge, tea? Big time, big time coffee man. Yeah. Um, I drink at the at a minimum three cups a day. Um, sometimes four, but I usually never do more than four. Uh, it depends on, it usually depends on uh, if I work or not during yeah. the, so I go in at four sense. usually is like when I, on days I work I go in at four so I always drink two cups when I wake up, okay. two cups uh, and then sometimes I'll have um, another one shortly after that around like 12, one-ish mm -hmm. um, but then if I work I'll usually have another cup when I get when I clock in because usually I'm just so groggy. It's because like yeah. right around three four is when I like get really tired for sure. So that's when I'll midday struggle. Drink another cup. Uh, sometimes if I don't work, I'll save that third cup until like later in the afternoon just to give me a little pick me up. But there's times where like I'm literally so fucking tired that like even like that's my room right there and like i edit all these episodes on my computer and my computer's like at my desk on the like on the other side from my bed i'll be too tired to sit at the computer so i'll have to like work i'll just unplug it and then you yep. work in my bed <laughs> you know because <laughs> i'll just be so dead man i feel that i'm also towards the end of the night you just move to the bed sometimes yeah, yeah. Gotta do it. Yeah, yeah. I we're a very caffeinated culture, that's for sure. But hey, it, it's, I mean, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's it how was, I met you. It's, so it's meant to be. It's, it's what we do. Yeah, exactly. So I respect the culture for sure, man. So I'm like, a, yeah, definitely. I, I do too. Uh, is that just plain black coffee? Yep. Nice, <laughs> solid. Um, yeah, man. So I did. So I didn't know you were a part of Kings, and I knew of Kings because like. Even way before I was even like going to like uh, local shows and keeping track of Milwaukee's music scene, like I knew Kings because there's a sandwich at the Roast Coffee Company where I also worked after Starbucks uh, that was named Kings and it was like the best sandwich on the menu. They changed it though, so you can't get it anymore. Anyway, um, and uh, yeah, that's how I like heard of you guys. Uh, but it's my understanding. Um, you guys haven't played shows too, like, out much in a long time. Yeah, it's been, so we dropped our last album in 2015, so it's been a couple years. We've been, uh, we can kind of dive into that, but yeah, for a number of reasons, we slowed up a bit. Um, we still, like, DJ, uh, out and about here and there. Um, yeah, we produce, make music, but, uh, we also DJ. So yeah, we've been doing that. Um, like at Nomad on Brady Streets, High Dive, um, random spots around the city, but, but yeah, it's been a little bit slower. We've been kind of, uh, we just took a break, took a 
kind of refresh. Uh, there were some contractual things that, yeah. uh, I don't know if they hurt us, but just kept the music like on pause a bit. Uh, but yeah, we've, uh, we moved in together about a year and a half ago and that's when things kind of really started picking up again and going much faster. Um, so yeah, we're we're back. We dropped a song pretty recently, and mm-hmm. yeah, we're uh, we're back at it. Shout out to Sean, the other half of Kings. Uh, he's currently working, holding yeah. down the fort in his workplace, yeah, he but is. he might pop in at some point. Still, I don't know. We we'll see what happens. We'll let you know. He he might break through the window. Yeah, he might throw a brick. Yeah, <laughs> there might be a brick thrown through here and be like, hey, I'm here. He wanted to have like a grand entrance. So yeah, maybe this is all like a stunt. That we don't know about. Right. When he could just knock, but he might do something crazy. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Chris, I guess to start, I'd also just love to hear a little bit about uh, your own musical background. Like, uh, how long have you been playing music? And I guess, where did you find it sort of as a creative outlet for yourself? Yeah, so it really started, uh, like, probably middle school is a good starting point. Um, that's when I picked up the trumpet. Uh, yeah, my parents' neighbors at the time owned a music store and the owner just like, he was the one who helped me choose an instrument and he just like, was like, you're gonna play trumpet and then it was a good choice. Um, yeah, throughout middle school and high school I played in like jazz bands and in high school I picked up guitar. So, so yeah, uh, like Sean and a couple other close, I've known Sean since middle school, well actually since like elementary school, but we didn't really become friends until middle school. Um, But yeah, around like high school time, Sean and other friends, they picked up like guitar or other like band-like instruments, like not like jazz band, but like, you know, rock band, uh, like a couple years before me. So uh, they were already in their own little bands or groups and I was kind of just on my own a little bit. Um, So yeah, I, I, this is like way back when, before even like YouTube tutorials and whatnot were like very much a thing. But um, one of my friend's older brothers was like a super nerdy hacker dude and he hacked uh, this music software program for me. Nice. And those are the friends to keep around. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Shout out to Adam. Shout out to Adam. Uh, I don't know where he is these days. I think he he wasn't like somewhere in Asia living for. I don't know where he is. He's he's a a worldly man. Um, (laughs) But yeah, from there, just like once I got my hands on that, that's when things really changed. Um, I had a really cheap cheesy keyboard that my parents got from probably like Best Buy or something but I used that to produce and I would use like my guitar and trumpet and make really terrible songs sure. on, uh, <laughs> on that computer yeah. for years and uh, yeah it got more and more serious uh, like towards the end of high school I started getting okay with it and mm-hmm. Like the last year of high school, I started. I was initially like just doing all types of music, and I think that's still kind of true to to, uh, to today. But <clears throat> but yeah, for like my initial niche, I kind of honed in on just making like beats for like local rappers and singers. Um, so yeah, my last year of 
high school, I was selling beats to people and that continued through college. And yeah, Sean has a similar path too. Um, he, yeah, was in a band in like high school, then that kind of faded away. He moved to Chicago. Uh, we were both kind of just slanging the beats, trying to make some money and get that going. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I think we just both got fed up, like all the rappers or singers, like we would even sell them, we'd sell them the beats, like they'd pay for them and then either like take forever to release the stuff or sometimes just never even release it. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, we got kind of frustrated and then that's kind of how the King stuff started. But, but yeah, definitely a lot of steps to even that point, a lot of like just diving into really crappy keyboards and <laughs> learning how to get better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's the worst when people like, just when you do something really exciting and you do it for somebody and they just don't, it takes them forever. Yeah, I, I can imagine the frustration that comes behind that. Um, yeah, it wasn't always like that too. I remember like when I first started, like I thought it was the, I still think it's cool to like make any sort of income off of something that's creative but I remember like selling a beat for 50 bucks and I thought I was like a millionaire I was yeah. like this is the coolest shit ever like I just like made $50 off some like beat I made in my bedroom <laughs> yeah. but yeah I think as you grow like I just wanted it to be with like the right talent and like uh, yeah I wouldn't have much say in like the final product it would just be like here's a beat and mm -hmm. give it you know yeah. There, there's no like, I wasn't like, you have to rap about this right. or this is what we should do with it. It was more in their hands. So mm -hmm. that was the part that eventually uh, got frustrating where I'm like, I want to actually like take this seriously on that end too. Um, so yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so um, I guess like, did you guys just, did you and Sean just kind of start out as like, um, you know, we both kind of, mess around on our computers making beats and stuff so let's work together sort of thing yeah I mean <laughs> there's a long history like I've known him since literally elementary school we, we became friends in middle school and our first official like music creation like he got for Christmas probably in like sixth or seventh grade this like DJ controller nice. uh it was called the DM squared. I don't know how I remember that, but that was what it was called. And you could like put in like CDs to it and you could like loop parts of tracks. There's like little buttons with like sound effects. Mm -hmm. And we made, That's funny. I don't know if what you'd call it, but we made like two mixtapes of sorts wow. of just like us and like five friends looping random songs, like a P Diddy song and then basically doing like skits over them or just like <laughs> wow. kind of screaming and being ridiculous um damn so i don't know if that was musical or just its own thing altogether. i don't know if it was music it might have been music <laughs> <laughs> it was like damn it was it was it was ahead of its time i think yeah you're right, i right. think in the you know in the next 10 years people will discover it, it. was avant-garde yeah yeah it's it's probably still just too ahead of its time. People but. still don't catch on. Yeah, it's man. I wish I was doing cool shit like that with my friends in middle school, but 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 yeah. Then it got more <laughs> serious yeah. many years later. 
um, yeah, what well, was kind of the connection after high school was the music thing. So we both got more and more serious, just like, I mean, when I wasn't in college, like studying or doing some of the party-like activities, uh, I was just honestly almost always making music. And then same with him. He moved to Chicago for college. I was in Milwaukee. Um, but yeah, just with the internet, we'd send stuff back and forth. And at that time, we were still doing the same thing, like selling beats, or I'd, I'd like send an idea to him. He would like add something to it, and we yeah. try to sell it or market it to people. Um, but yeah, after I graduated college, and Sean moved back to Milwaukee after being in Chicago for a couple of years, um, that's when we were like, let's just do something that's just us and like our own entity and our own creation. Nice. Sure. What was, um, so <clears throat> what year did, uh, uh, he come back and, uh, he came back 2012. Okay. Um, sure. Like the middle of the year. Um, and it happened, yeah, it happened pretty quickly. We, uh, that same year we were just working on what would become King stuff. Uh, we didn't even know that that's what it would be initially. It's just like, maybe I'll use it for my own thing and some of the songs that he used for his own thing. Yeah. Um, at the time, he was DJ Frank. Ah, uh -huh. nice. DJ I wish Frank. he was here to tell you about DJ Frank. <laughs> DJ Frank was doing things, yeah. but we decided that maybe Kings would be a better idea. Yeah. Uh, sure. Hey, you gotta find your footwork, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what was your first show as Kings? Um, it was at High Dive before it was High Dive. Mm. Uh, and it was called Impala Lounge. Oh, wow. And... Did not know that. Yeah, it was like 2012. Or actually, I think it was, yeah, like December of 2012. So we released our first single November of 2012. And then, like, almost the end of the year, we played at Impala Lounge. Just, mm -hmm. We did a little DJ set. Nice. Um, and Tariq from 88.9 was the one who hooked that up. So shouts to Tariq. Shout out to Tariq. He... We had no idea how to even like book a show or do anything, and he was super helpful and guided <laughs> us as to like, you guys release music, you should like try to do something that yeah. is live, and yeah. that was our first thing, a DJ set. Nice. That's dope. Um, yeah. Uh, man, <laughs> I was, I actually just celebrated Halloween over there uh, this past weekend at High Dive, and yeah, I saw some pictures God. from it. How was it? Um, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, another DJ sort of party. It was uh, no stress collective. Uh, nice. I was so fucked up. I was like, uh, I feel like that just happens at high dive. Uh, like, yeah, man. It's rare that you leave like just like regular. You're, 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 like, yeah, you just like go in and right. Even if you're like, I'm just gonna have fun for. And you just walk. Usually, you walk out. Yeah, you, know, you walk out kind of. Not walking straight. Yeah, there he turns out. <laughs> Dude, yeah, like, I... All the alcohol is so cheap there. Like, it's just... And there is that, too. It yeah. does that damage, man. And, like, we were taking shots of rumplements. Oh, man. And, uh... Yeah, it was, it was... It was heavy. I served my sentence the next day. Um, but, yeah, I do love shows at High Dive a lot. Um, yeah, they're fun. I think it's just because it's... It's like very intimate and like it's easy to pack, yeah. and there's just a good energy with like a small crowd like yeah. moving around, 
I don't know. There's something. I know like Connor a lot. Connor from High Dive. Is okay, really cool. Good. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Connor. Connor is a great dude. Nice. Um, but yeah, so uh, so I guess and I know you guys had a, a shit ton of features uh, on your first album, right? We did we did? Yeah, it was like Webb on there, uh, Ray Cassidy, mm-hmm. like Siren. I think was was yep. yeah, like Siren. a lot of other ones. Bunch, yeah, like Milo, the rap, he's the rapper. I don't even know yeah, he's dude, he's he's uh, yeah, yeah, he's popped up. He's since yeah, he's great. Sure. He was at Cactus Club earlier this year. I know he came through town, but like, that's yeah, awesome. He's dope. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Um, yeah, him, uh, the singer of No No Yeah Okay, Colin. Um, that was before mm-hmm. No No Yeah Okay became a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, a girl from Toronto. Christine Hoberg, who's from Wisconsin, was living in Brooklyn at the time. Now she lives in Minnesota. Um, yeah, Bliss and Alice, King Cortine. Yeah. Uh, Those are some. Pizzle. Yeah, oh shit, yeah. Nice. Man, yeah, many. Yeah. Like it was just a Milwaukee roundup of kind of, yeah, all different genres. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that caters pretty well to like just the kind of music you make is it's very personable. Like, you work with so many different people. Like there's no pretenses over like who it makes sense to work with because, you know, you can have such a unique spin or direction on any song, like any electronic song, yeah. um, no matter which one it is on the album. But yeah, like from when did it become like? I guess so. Like you were, just, so you were just doing DJ sets at first for a while, and then it just gradually became like, now we're playing King's music. Now mm-hmm. we're playing the music we've made and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so it was a pretty natural progression. I mean, initially it was just we put out one single, and that was like, it's just so funny looking back at it because that song is like on our SoundCloud it has like, I think it has like two hundred thousand plays and like we just literally threw it up on SoundCloud with like no idea what we were doing. And I would just like, we just sent it to like 88.9 and like the Journal Sentinel. And this is when like SoundCloud was like the thing. Yeah. So we just, I think got kind of lucky a couple like SoundCloud, like bigger people in that realm found the track and like did some write-ups on it. And it got like reposted throughout the SoundCloud world. but yeah, we got a little bit of buzz through that track, and then we did a remix EP. Um, we remixed a bunch of like Wisconsin artists, and yeah, through that, just slowly but surely, we did a couple more singles, and yeah, we've been doing DJ sets for a while, and it's like, how do we do something different? That's actually our music. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, at, around that time, we um, there's a manager, uh, a couple managers from like the East Coast who were interested in working with us. Um, we ended up signing with one who lived in Boston. Um, and yeah, she mostly did stuff with bands. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, she was like, obviously, if you want to, she could still get us some DJ gigs, but um, she was like, you have to figure out how to <laughs> like play yeah. your stuff out. So yeah, we did a number of different things. Um, there were times where it was just like the two of us and even like like that my old trumpet came out and I would yeah, just play nice. stuff on trumpet or I would I'd have like a drum pad playing stuff 
Um, Sean's really good at guitar. I also play it. I would say he's definitely better. So he would play guitar or like play stuff on keyboard or vice versa. Um, so yeah, it was just a just a new thing altogether. It was a lot of fun, um, and it kind of changed like local shows. We'd have like local artists come through and like perform it live. Um, but yeah, there were cases where we just like kind of use like an acapella from the song and like remix it on the fly. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of always evolving depending on the situation at hand and like yeah. where we were. Uh, sure. We did a couple like tours opening for some bigger bands or like DJ groups. Um, and yeah, in that case, they're like the Milwaukee people, there's just no budget. Yeah. So we were like just on our own. So that was more just the two of us and not a live singer, but yeah, still fun. Solid. Regardless. Now, where did it take you with the tours? Um, we did one Midwest tour. We did like Chicago, uh, Lincoln Hall was like the venue. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, Minneapolis. Uh, we did one on the East Coast. That was Philly, New York, Boston. Uh, we did a show in Toronto. Nice. Um, so yeah, it was a nice spread. Um, it was, it, it's always fun to like oh, yeah. play stuff in different cities. Totally. <laughs> yeah, for sure. After that all happened, like you guys took, uh, like we talked about earlier, some, some years off, uh, wanted to sort of refresh, um, take a little breather. I guess like, um, yeah, like what did you take that time personally to, to really focus on and to do in other areas? Yeah, I mean, um, a bunch of things. I mean, so, yeah, things moved fast with the King stuff, like, faster than like, we expected, and we literally knew nothing about the music business at all. Like I said, leaving our first song, we are just like, oh, SoundCloud, we just, like, put it up, and, like, I didn't even know there's like, music PR or, like, marketing. You can pay people to do that. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. even our first music video, like, I just shot with a friend, and mm -hmm. Sean, like, helped edit, and we just, like, everything was just do-it-yourself. Mm -hmm. And it was the case for a while, up until we signed with um, the manager. Um, but yeah, we signed, like, a publishing deal, too, with a bigger company, and I think we just got lost in the sauce a bit. Like, they were a really good company. Um, they have, like, huge names, but... Um, we kind of found out after the fact they wanted us to like more do like production for bigger artists as opposed to um, the King stuff, um, which that was cool too. Like we got opportunities to like produce stuff for like like Smith stuff to like Fall Out Boy and like see you, just like random huge dope. artists, yeah. which was dope. Um, but yeah, we initially set out to just do the King stuff, so I think it was just kind of a lot of confusion and. Um, even our manager then ended up um, securing a couple other artists. So, um, yeah, it was just a lot of like confusion as to like where we were going or what we were doing. Um, so, yeah, after the album we put out, we kind of just like took time off. We've been touring a bunch with bigger acts, um, making like no money. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was awesome and Damn, fun. Yeah. But, like, we went from like like Sean Lins, before he moved back to Milwaukee, he was living, you know, 
in a nice apartment in Chicago and I was like on my own. I, this was after college, so I had like a decent job and we quit all that stuff and like we moved back to our parents' house yeah. in Milwaukee and like did that for a couple of years and part of it was just like, at least for me, my parents were like, you need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, you're here for, like, yeah. A couple of years, right. you need to make money, so, um, which I understand. So yeah, I mean, it was just like refocusing like and learning like what we want to do and how we want to do it. Like we just initially created Kings because we love making music and then we learned we can make a little bit of money. Um, but yeah, the next couple of years were just, at least for me, like making money. That's <laughs> important. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, same with Sean, just like being able to get out of our parents' places again. So yeah, I do a bunch of photo and video work um, full time and yeah, I mean, just really honing in our skills musically too. Like, uh, I feel like we're both, we've been doing this since, yeah, even since like high school. So we've been doing it for a while, but just like taking the next steps to like, just learn how to even get bigger and better with like our sound and make the stuff feel, look, be more professional. So that took some years. Um, and yeah, I think just like, re-establishing like what we want to put out how we want to put it out um just yeah once we had like the manager stuff and the publishing um that was cool but i think we there's like we would get so many emails kind of like people telling us what to do as opposed to, we kind of like lost our creativity mm -hmm. it was a lot more like even producing for other artists it was like make like a punk rock style track with trap with like some trap drums and like yeah. whatever like I don't know music it's a lot industry, of industry stuff yeah which was yeah. We, we didn't know anything about that and it got yeah. kind of sickening for a bit because it's like so many industry people just want want like whatever is hot at the time like I don't know it was really weird like we didn't think of it in that way where it's like mm -hmm. just emulate what's out there we were just doing our own thing so um just all that and then I think just uh yeah, we got a little bit burned out with that too. Just like we felt like our team was like shifting us in a different direction, which was like full of opportunities, but um, we were becoming more of like a producer machine for other artists. So um, yeah, like we had that. We also like signed a contract for a couple of years, so we were stuck in that until about a year ago. Mm -hmm. So that made it a little bit harder um, with like releasing stuff. So that's part of the gap as well for better or worse but i mean it taught us like a shit ton and we know so much about like music law and the industry and everything now yeah. so um i feel like we're experts in that field there now you go. so yes. yeah. there's a good to it as well well that's power yeah it's super that is power i i think for a lot of young emerging musicians that's also just a huge wall to hit is like this is all happening so fast like what do I do like this is my, <laughs> this is a reality people like me yeah and but now it's like people are expecting all this from me and shit so and like how do I protect my music you know how do I like know when to say no or how do I like you know really like effectively market myself manage my money and like you know go on tours and stuff yeah yeah so Definitely a lot to learn. Um, yeah, we were just making music, and then it yeah. became like 
something different where it's like we can turn this into something bigger than that yeah. and yeah like you're saying it's just weird to like we were just like we were just creating stuff like together and having fun there isn't even like an idea of us like ever DJing or doing a show and then um, just things kind of compiled so um, yeah we're looking forward to just releasing more new stuff now and I think we have all that knowledge so it's kind of like the more best of both worlds as opposed to like be, yeah we also signed even with some of those deals we were definitely hungry for money so yeah. we got a, like an advance for the publishing deal which like wasn't a lot by any means but at the time we were like broke and we we're like let's do it so sure, looking yeah. back at it uh, we sh I don't know it probably I don't know if it made sense or not but uh, we definitely know a lot more now good so. nice well, that's good um, yeah so let's talk a little bit about what you guys have cooking you know what's in the kitchen you know I'd love to hear yeah I mean so I guess to start like yeah tell me a little bit more about this song you guys just dropped yeah, so this song was really fun to drop. Uh, the artist's name is Tama. She's from Australia. Um, yeah, actually, we found her through Milwaukee Connection. Um, Damien Blue, who yeah. is a video guy. Yeah. Him and like Cody, I think, are just like yeah. crazy good. Mm -hmm. um, Damien actually shot, I think, yeah, Damien and Cody. Um, shot a video for Tama in Los Angeles like a year ago wow. and I saw him post it I'm like this video is fire and then I listened to the song I'm like the song is also fire too yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah I just like kind of uh, I just like it was on YouTube but I just like clicked on the little YouTube info I'm like I'm just gonna email her see what's good yeah. <laughs> I had no expectations um, We'd actually sent the, the same instrumental to a couple of the artists and like people were just too busy or like, I don't know, it just didn't make sense. But yeah, she got back to us really quickly. Um, and yeah, it we kind of went, she's like super, uh, a really, a really good, strong, uh, good and strong songwriter. So she did all of the songwriting for the track. Um, a lot of the previous King stuff, we've also lent a hand in the songwriting process, but uh, with her, we just basically let her do her thing. Um, yeah, and it was just a lot of like back and forth over the interwebs. Um, <laughs> so yeah, right. we use WhatsApp mm. just to have a little video chat here and there. Yeah. But yeah, it was dope. Um, she's super good. Uh, and it's out now, so it is it out was, now. It was, it was fun. Fuck yeah! Shout out to Tama. I hope I meet you someday. I've never been to Australia or New Zealand for the matter, right. obviously. But you can do both. You got to do both. And knock two birds, one stone. You know, I, yeah. that's like my number one vacation. So I hope I meet you out there. Yeah, she's a lot of fun. So nice. we hope. Yeah, we've never met in person. We we almost we tried to shoot a music video for this, like over the summer. She was in LA for a couple of days, and in, her brother lives in Canada. But just like the timing didn't work out. But we might still shoot a music video like in person um, in the next couple of months. We'll so, see. So 
maybe you can be there. Maybe you can just join us. I'll just come just, with. Yeah. You know, I'll just you know hop I'll in. Just the, join. I'll just jump in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, awesome, man. Uh, so yeah, I guess like what else do you guys have in the chamber? Yeah. So uh, yeah, we've been obviously pretty quiet the past couple of years. We have many uh, uh, instrumentals just sitting, some completed tracks. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of putting together a re release strategy. Um, I shoot video stuff, so um, we want to go kind of ham on the music video tip. So just doing some concepts for that right now. Gonna start shooting pretty soon. Um, yeah, we have a couple completed tracks with like vocals and all that. So um, we've been pitching them to labels and just different teams. Uh, seeing if we want to go label route or just independently. So yeah, I think we'll have that figured out in the next couple weeks. Um, just trying to find the best possible method for those tracks. And yeah, a bunch of other instrumentals that we're setting out to vocalists. So if you're a vocalist out there, we're always open-minded. Like we love local collaborations where we can work in person. So if you guys have any interest we have like a pile of instrumentals so um always open to new people we haven't worked with um do it yeah, yeah there's a, no shortage of uh really great singer songwriters out here so so yeah hit them up so yeah excited for all that stuff um it's coming it's coming it's coming it's coming it's coming it's coming hi <laughs> nice. chris um Man, it was great to talk about Kings. It's great to talk about all your DJing, like getting lost in the sauce. Right? It happens, it happens. It does, man. <laughs> I uh, I feel that too. I, um, you know, it's very DIY, like this current format I'm working with myself, but it's like, you know, eventually someone's gonna try to offer me some money and be like, hey, you gotta do your show this way. I'm like, yeah, man. Just stick with your gut. Yeah, money sounds great, but creative control. It's great. Um, all right. Well, uh, uh, tell me what keeps you up at night, Chris. Mm, um, usually drinking way too much coffee at midnight. Yeah, drinking. Right now. Right, Mostly big... coffee. Um, and just trying to not get lost in that sauce, you know. You got to be careful. Sometimes you get sauced up. Right. Maybe it's maybe it's a tad bit too much sauce. Too so a little too much sauce. It's just a sauce to right. life ratio. Yeah, you just gotta like you know just go easy on the sauce a couple times. You know, like I mean, you can have ample sauce. You know, you gotta have yeah. some, but you don't want to like overdo it and go right. sauce crazy where oh, yeah. you just simply get lost. Yeah, you don't want to drown in the sauce. Yes, right. yes. What do you? What puts you to sleep though? Um. I think just being around good people and just like going after my passion and dreams. I think, uh, yeah, I don't try to focus on negative things. I try to let that slide past me and yeah, just focus on like what I can control and what I can't. It don't really matter. Good ass philosophy, love it. Yeah, you. <laughs> out of the show, man. Thanks, man. Be sure to listen to a new song we got better featuring uh, Tama. Tama. Yeah. Uh, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, and uh, keep an eye out for Kings.
in the very near future. We got stuff coming. We'll see you next time. One, two, three, four.